couple of days. Uh, he didn't miss anybody. I know you want enough, enough to know everything. I mean, what he said was hitting somebody, and I said, well, that's for brother so-and-so, and that's for sister so-and-so. And I, I knew he was hitting everybody in here. And, um, but you had it easy. I got it straight between him and me out on our patio. And I couldn't find, I couldn't push it off and say, well, that's for brother so-and-so. It was for me. And he was very straight and forward about one thing. And a very important thing. You know, a lot of times you, you are not totally aware of what's going on or what's wrong. And you can never win until you hit the root. And nobody's ever told me the root. And he told me the root. And we dealt with something very important that uh, it's not going to be anymore. You know, when they kill the root, you know that fig tree that died from the root? It never grew again. It never did get a new root. It never did uh, spring up ever again because the root was dead. And when the root's dead, then it's dead. And there's never going to be a rising up of again. Uh, I would like to warn you, don't be careful coming to me. Okay? Be careful. Because the old, not the old, old, but the old has risen back up. And um, there is a boldness that's not mean, but straightforward. Amen? I, um, there was Monday night, there was an anointing here that was powerful. You are all aware of it. There was a fight for that time. There was a t period of time in there was a struggle between light and darkness, between heaven and hell, that if it did not break through, nothing was going to happen. And something had to break through. Uh, I know that when Paul leaped, it broke. It was a pendulum. It broke it. But I went away, and I don't want to say this in a wrong way, but I want to tell you something. I went away proud of you as a church. Not in a wrong manner of being proud. Not in a sinful manner of being proud. But this is what I want to say to you. That Andrew could not bring anointing. The anointing came from you. And I'll, I'll explain what I'm talking about. Jesus could not bring an anointing in his hometown because of the people. The anointing comes when man of God comes, but when the people have faith and respond to it. And the anointing doesn't come with somebody bringing his briefcase in here, opening his Bible up and preaching, no matter how good he is, he does not bring the anointing. That can only come from God. And there's one way the anointing is going to come, and that's through faith. Jesus, being perfect and being a son of God, could not bring anointing in his hometown.
It said he could not do many mighty works because of their unbelief. And there was faith that raised up in you. This is what's been going on. This is why we're seeing God do things is because faith is rising. And uh, like Cindy, you know, faith is rising. And when faith rises, then God can do things. When there is no faith, all the preaching in the world and all the works of the world cannot make anything happen. It requires faith. The scripture says it just shall live by faith. We're going to walk by faith. And that's the only, only way. I said something, and I'm going to get up here and preach it. But I want to explain it before I get up there. At the end of the message, after everything was over Monday, I tried to say something, and I did not make myself clear, I don't think. I think I walked away from here feeling it was not clear. And uh, this is what I was trying to say, and I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to say it enough times that you understand what I'm saying. Andrew came to give us a message. God did not call Andrew to Paris, Texas. God called me to Paris, Texas. So the warfare and the fight is mine, not his. He came as a messenger. He came as a prophet. But it's my fight and your fight. It is not his fight. He didn't stay to fight the fight. He came through to bring a message. But it's our responsibility, and this is what I was trying to say, that we must remember it is our responsibility to win this city. And nobody else's. It does not belong to anybody else but you and I. And that's what I was trying to say. Anything that he said, I mean, my goodness. Uh, I mean, it's obvious that God sent a man of God to come and talk to some people of God uh, to bring a message to wake us up and stir us up and and to wake up some people and to change some directions in our lives that's what he did he refocused uh, things but folks he came to to get us on a track or to light a fire under us he did not come to do the that misunderstand that uh, I, I was kind of disappointed la uh, Monday night to see so many faces here that came to see the show. I purposely did not advertise in the paper because it was ours. It was a message to the family, to the church. I knew it was a message to the church and not to the city. The message to the city is to get saved get repent and be delivered that message was for us and uh, it kind of disappointed me Monday when a lot of extra people started showing up because I didn't want it to hinder what God wanted to do to us but didn't hinder it <laughs> it didn't hinder it didn't slow it up at all and uh, and I, I praise the Lord amen Weren't you blessed? Really? 
Weren't you rebuked? Yes. Challenged? Yeah. God did a lot of things in our lives. We'll not be the same. Turn this off and turn the other one on. Actually, after all that, uh, there's not much to preach. I want to share some scripture with you tonight. Um, if you did not get, if we got one for every family, if you didn't got, get one of these, we need to pass them out to make sure they get them. I'm, I'm not going to read it right now. It's the, I mean, not going to read through it. It's the one that he read. I'm a part of the fellowship of the unashamed. Unashamed. I make a recommendation. Put it on your refrigerator. And every time that you qualify, underline it. And see when you get it all underlined. Amen? That's, that's a hard thing. Amen. Turn with me, if you will, to Joshua chapter 1. Boy, I can't get away from that song. I, I thought, sure, when I saw three banners coming by, I thought they were going to walk around, and I expected that the people were going to follow the banner around. And they split up in three different directions, I thought, well, we can't follow the banner. It's going three different directions. And you know, one, one thing God does is not go in three different directions. He knows where he's going. Amen? Not to say anything against y'all. I was glad to see the banners come. But in order to follow God, he's got a purpose. He's got a purpose in our life. He's got a direction to go. He's got a job to do. And he's got people to do it. He raises up people to do it. And... Uh, the Bible talks about he searched for a man to stand in the gap. He looks for people. He looks for somebody to stand in the gap, to do the war, to raise the dead, to heal the sick, to preach the word, to go, to come. Whatever he wants done, he looks for somebody to do it. Now, some time back, many years ago, 1972, when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, God began to give me, issue my orders. You know, I believe that God has issued us orders. I believe God has a direction for us, and I believe that that direction never stops. It may go into a different place to perform it, but He gives us a direction and a purpose, and He gives us a calling. He gives us a mandate... And uh, he gives it to us at the beginning, I believe. I was more interested in listening to God at the beginning than I am later on. Too many things get in my way to hear God. And as soon as you get saved or filled with the Spirit, your ears tune to God more than any other time. Now, in Joshua chapter 1, I mean right after, I mean immediately, shortly after, 
God began to speak to me out of this chapter. You know, I think we're short-sighted. I think we're blind people. I think we're visionless. I think we're, we won't see and we won't hear and we won't go. I believe God wants, uh, everyone has a calling for every single one of us and we've turned God off. Uh, the Lord showed me something I really believe in. I think he, I mean, just yesterday. Andrew spoke about something, and, and I've thought about it a lot of times. But I want to show you why you don't do something that he's talked about. Remember when he talked about going to the football games and the basketball games and rejoicing and hollering and screaming? Do you know why they do that? Do you know they're not exactly rooting for the team? They are. But do you know when they hollow the most? When they're winning. When they're making a touchdown. When they're hitting a home run. When they're going for the basket. They do it because they see something. And when they see something that's victorious, they holler and rejoice at what they see with their eyes. In other words, if they see someone running for a touchdown and it's their team, they're hollering and rejoicing for it because they see it. You know why we're not rejoicing in here? We don't see it. Now, I'm not talking about... Now, we rejoice when when Cindy came up here and shared. It's something we heard and we could see and we rejoiced. But we need to get to the place where we have spiritual eyes that we can see the spiritual happening when the physical eyes can't and we'll be rejoicing because we can see the spiritual. When you start seeing these demons over here in the corner whimpering and crying and afraid... You begin to see the angels, angels of God and the presence of God with your spiritual light, you're going to jump and rejoice. We're trying to see things with physical eyes. And we can't see things with physical eyes of God and rejoice. We're waiting for something to happen. And God says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Nothing's going to happen without faith. And the only way we're going to be able to rejoice is when we start seeing. When we start hearing God and we start seeing the things of God and the things in the Spirit, we're going to jump and rejoice because we're going for a touchdown. Right? I mean, we're down there chasing that demon out and we're going to say, go get him. And we're going to rejoice because we're going to see it in our spirit. We've got to get some eyes that see things. We've got to get some ears that, that hear things. We've got to get a heart and a mind that believes things. And we can see them without ever seeing them. And then we'll start rejoicing and shouting and praising God in here because we see things. You understand that? Okay, let's go to Joshua. Beginning in verse 5. You know, things take on a new meaning or a different meaning 
when God says it's for you. You can look at scriptures all day, but when God says, this is for you, this is from me, this is for you, this is to you, I'm talking to you, it takes on a different meaning. And these, these verses took on that kind of meaning when God spoke to me in 1972. That's been a long time ago. But you know, it never has stopped. Listen to what he says in verse 5. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. What a powerful verse. I mean, if I never read anything else, listen to what that said. Now, I know who he was talking about in the Bible. I know he was talking to Joshua. I know he was talking about the circumstances there. But that day, God was talking to me. And he said that no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Promise. If God would tell you that no man would ever be able to stand before you all the days of your life, would you rejoice in that? Would you believe that? There's only one way that they can stand against me, and that is when I let them. And my root that was killed Monday afternoon and boy, it hurt. You know, do you know roots hurt? Have you ever had a root die? I know some of you had a root canal where they go in and kill the root. But do you know what? Have you ever had a root to die in you? Something that you held on to your life and has been part of your life and you thought it was just a part of your life the rest of your life, and you're going to have to live with this thing the rest of your life to have it die? It does not die easy. It just doesn't. The root you begin to believe is part of you, and it's not. But you start believing it, that's my nature, that's and you began to receive the root now as part of you, and it's not part of you. It is a root that the Satan has drilled in there, and he's growing like tentacles in you, and the longer it stays in there, the bigger it gets. And pretty soon you don't even know it's there. You know, I believe that when, when uh, Nathan pointed his finger at, in the face of David and said, you're the man, I know that hurt him to the very depths of him because he not believed it was part of his life. That he, everything was justified. Everything was okay. God had not done anything. God had not said anything. And all of a sudden, he realized that he was guilty. And it is hard. When, you get, when you're guilty, it's hard. Especially if you didn't think you were. And a lot of things, you know, I know I'm wrong. Somebody tells me I'm wrong. That's the ones I jump up and fight. And act like it's, I don't have that in me and I'll defend it and, and, and claim that I don't have it. And I know that one's in there. I'm just trying to claim it's not in there because I'm trying to hide it. But when it's, when you, when it's like this, hit it and justified it and not even aware it's even in there and it's pointed out, pointed out it is quite a shock. 
get it's quite a shock. God said, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I've been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. For you possession of the land, which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you to do. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may succeed wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. You be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And folks, I, I, um, every one of us at times in our life have had to go through something. And that's to renew vows that we made. There's been times when every one of us have had to confess before God that we have not obeyed God in what He told us to do or commissioned us to do. Every one of us has struggled over things that we failed in. And we failed simply because, well, for different reasons, but we failed, regardless of what the reasons are. But I know without question. And I didn't find out some things till later on. I know without question that in January of 1982, driving on that loop from, from uh, before I got to this highway here, driving in the fog, and I remember it was, I can remember almost where it was. I was crying and telling Shirley that I didn't want to leave and God was stirring in my heart. And this is what He kept telling me about all the hungry people in this town. You know, and I didn't want to come here. I mean, just to be honest with you, I did not drive in this town and find anything that I wanted to come back for. I didn't. But God began to talk to me and tell me and give me a burden. And I did not know why when I was driving out here that I drove away from here with a burden for a place that I never knew anything about. but, But went away. But, you know, then after I came, I began to hear this. And some of you here tonight that were part of this. There were groups of people in prayer meetings, in houses, not one year, for many, many years, asking God to raise up 
something in this town. Some of you right here tonight prayed for a long time asking God to raise up something. There's a lot of things that have been raised up that are not here anymore. It's like it tried to raise up, something happened. It tried to raise up and something happened. It tried to raise up and something happened. Just in the last seven years since I've been here, I don't know how many men I have met that come into town and said, God told me to come here and start a work. And six months, they're gone. Neither God didn't send them. have to run them off one or the other and according to the word of God God didn't I mean the devil isn't that strong unless we let him he's just not that strong I'm renewing my vow to God or whatever whatever God told me I, I didn't go ask him for this I didn't vow this he said this is yours and I'm renewing that believing that no man be able to stand before me all the days of my life he said wherever my footsteps is mine and if God called me to this city you know I said a long time ago God didn't call me to this church God called me to a city you may come into this church but our work is in a city. God told us to come here and win a city. They went into the promised land winning cities. They went in there overcoming cities. They went in there to destroy the enemy in the cities. They went in there not to find a little spot in the, in the city and to have their... They went in there to win a city. And the devil doesn't want us to win a city. Do you know I believe that every... New, you know, how old is this city? Wasn't it 1850? Isn't that right? Somewhere in there. I read it one time. Over 100 years old. Most towns in this country were settled by godly people to raise godly seed and form a godly town, a bunch of people. They came to settle and form a city and a town with godly people. And the devil has come in to steal the town from them. And the devil has come in to overcome the town and, and to steal it. And to rule it and to run it and to reign over it and to st- kill people in it and destroy lives in it and to split up homes in it and just ha- play havoc and do anything he pleases in this town. He thinks it's his, and it's not. It's not his. There, Jesus died for him. Those people out there want to get loose. I don't care what they say when you talk to them. They really want to get loose. They want more than what they've got. There's not one of them out there that's happy that's strung out on all the things that the devil's given them. None of them are happy. I don't care what they say, they're not happy. They're not victorious. They're defeated. They're lost. They're in bondage. 
And that's our responsibility. God, God stirred us up, folks, to do more than sit. He stirred us up to get in the, on our face before God and cry for those people. He stirred us to get out there and, and win those people. He stirred us to get out there and help those people. I don't know how we're going to do it yet. But that's what he stirred us up to do. If you think he just stirred you up to stand and, and, and see the men dance, you missed the whole thing. He didn't come in here to kill that passivity in order to do something in front of you. It's get out there and do something. That's where it's hard. It may be tough in here, but it's hard out there. And it's going to take hardness to go out there and win those people and change their lives and help them. It's going to be hard. That's what God did. He gave me most of this chapter. There's one verse that that um, fifteen, and I know it does not. What I'm going to say, this is not what it's saying. But this is what the way God said it to me. He said, "Until the Lord gives your brothers." As he gives you, and they also possess the land which the Lord your God has given them. Then you shall return to your own land and possess that which Moses uh, has given in. In other words, he said that this calling is until you give your brothers rest. And until we see rest in the land, we still got to fight. Amen? Now, we are not responsible for Dallas and Tyler, Texarkana and Longview. We're responsible for what's right here. Whatever we're ministering to right here, we're responsible for. God's raising up somebody else over there to deal with that city. But we're responsible for this one. Okay? That's our responsibility. Hadn't been woken up, you know. You didn't wake up. We'll get a whip out and wake you up some more. But I mean, we got to, we got to wake up, stay awake. Okay. Amen. One thing was told me. This is the words to me. He told me. The past was dead. The only thing I have is a present and a future. But the past is dead. And I was I've been pondering on that all day long. And I looked up the scripture, you know, forgetting those things which lie behind and pressing on and things like that. But I got to remembering that God told the people to remember. And he told them to instruct their children and keep telling them about it and to remember. 
But you know what he told them to remember? He told them to remember the victories. Do you want to think about the past? Think about the victories. Don't think about the defeats. Think about the victories. Keep it positive. What God has done in your life in the past, think about the victories. And press on to more victories. Amen? We are going, we have been lately, but we're going to be going, we're going to be doing this. We're going to be talking about what's going on now. We're not going to have to stand up and rehearse what's happened in the past. Wonderful things have happened in our past. God has saved some folks that I didn't think could get saved. I've seen God deliver some people that looked like they couldn't be delivered. God has healed some folks that, that you and I would have a number of years back had a hard time having faith enough to see them get healed and we saw them get healed. And we can talk about we can glory in that past how wonderful God was but that's not even what he wants us to do either. We need to glory in the present and what he's doing now because he's doing it now. If we're not talking about what he's doing now and we're talking about it so much in the past he's not doing anything. Well, the latest thing's better anyway. And we'll be talking about the good things now instead of the things in the past. Amen? We have an opportunity. We can drop the ball. We can fumble. And stay where you are. Or we can pick up the ball. Because we've been given the ball again. Now, I've heard it said, and I've said this before, I believe it. If I run with the ball, you'll run after me. If you're waiting on me, don't wait any longer. Okay? I mean, the way, if you've been waiting on me, the way it's over. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay? We're going on. I mean, if you don't want to go with me, fine. But we're going to go on. Amen? Now. We got some prayer requests tonight. Be a good time to start. God told me to tell you something. He told me to tell you what we prayed about Monday night you're going to have some victory over it like you've never imagined. Because you, you and I, when we prayed about it, there was a struggle that maybe we'll get a little victory. This could be more than you'll ever know. Okay? You told me that today and tell you that. Amen. I have a word from the church. Amen. I'm supposed to give it Sunday night. Okay, give it. As a mother hen covers her little so does the Lord Jehovah cover his people. And as the angels of the Lord cover the mercy seat, so does the cloud and the presence of the Lord cover. Oh, yeah. 
Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. In Psalms it says he covers us with the, his wings. I mean the feathers. It's called pinions. That means feathers. Covers us. And wherever you go, however hard it gets, you're covered. He's not here. Just over us. You know where the church is? Wherever you go. Okay. I'm supposed to stop talking.
man.